Hello and welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk about toys and everything pop culture. My name is Frank and we have a bit of a different episode for you today. The other boys are not in the room with me because we actually spent the weekend down at the Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair. This was a, basically a big event which was the size of about three and a half basketball courts full of stalls and tables with everything from face painting to uh, artwork, uh, authors and of course tables and tables and tables of toys and collectibles to peruse. Ben, Trent and myself, we were selling at this event so we had about three tables lined up alongside each other. Big old lot of stuff that we sold so as a result of that we got Darren on the portable recorder to get out and about, speak to the crowd and just see uh, what their day was like and you'll probably hear a few familiar voices uh, but also some new, great new interesting people to talk to as well. Uh, so yeah, so we'll go over uh, our scores and what we saw in a little bit more detail in next week's episode. But for now, enjoy this very special episode of Toy Power. So I'm here with Bob at the Adelaide uh, Comic and Toy Fair. And Bob has a table of, of many wonderful stuff from all eras of Star Wars and quite a bit of other stuff as well. So I'm just going to let Bob talk about yeah i guess whatever he's interested in, in in regards to what he's selling what he collects you know you know what kind of experience he's having this morning in, in the new venue whatever he likes all right well good morning to all the podcast listeners out there i just like to say that uh the star wars uh, vintage figures from the uh, 70s and early 80s are really starting to skyrocket in price for whatever that reason happens to be so if uh if you're trying to collect those, especially the last 17 that came out, I would say buy them now while you can because uh, some of them have almost doubled in price in the last two years. It's just, it's just kind of crazy. I don't know if it's because there's uh, suddenly more people with uh, excess spare cash in their pockets that are driving up the prices, but uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I'd say it would be a combination of that and then people probably also rediscovering what they loved about Star Wars because of all the new, new film and all the new product. That's true, that's true. And I'm getting a lot of folks coming through the door who are um, people who grew up with episode one, two, and three and the prequels, and now they're getting into collecting the uh, older things. That is really interesting. I, I can obviously remember people of, of our generation having issues with the prequels, but I can also remember in you know running into people like people working in stores that were younger than us saying... For them, it's all about the prequel trilogy. That's what they grew up with. So for them, that's what they're, they're closest to. Not necessarily the new Disney stuff or the original trilogy. They like that stuff. But right. the one that hits the nostalgic sweet spot for them is those three prequels. Right, right. And now, you know, of course, those folks who grew up with the prequels are all in their late 20s and 30s. And uh, they have more disposable income, I think. So they're out there looking for all the things they either couldn't get as a child or to replace those things that got sucked up by the vacuum cleaner or thrown in the bin or sold at a garage sale. And when you look at it from that context, I guess it, it makes a lot of sense that Hasbro were doing so much to mark the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, given that, that nostalgia and the realisation that the kids who grew up with that, that perhaps that was their first cinema experience or certainly their first Star Wars cinema experience, that they're now that, that adult collector age. Exactly right, exactly right. There's uh, quite, you know, quite a few folks out there who are always looking for the things they grew up with. Not, not new things. 
So very true, so very true. The things they grew up with, or if, if they can't disconcern that, sometimes the things that, that are remodeled off the things they grew up with, like, say, our Black Series that, you know, taps into that. Exactly. That gives it a 21st century feel. Exactly. And it's not just Star Wars. You know, you've you got people looking for He-Man figures now because they grew up with He-Man in the 80s. Yes, I'm one of those. <laughs> I didn't realize that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, Ca- Castle Grayskull seems to be a big seller whenever uh, whenever those ones are at Toy Fairs. That's always good to hear. Always good to hear that there's, there's still a love for Masters of the Universe out there. Yeah, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that's another one that seems to have made a big comeback. That uh, A lot of people who grew up with it are now looking for it again, and uh, younger kids are interested in it as well. It's an evergreen property, isn't it? No pun intended, in that there's always a new generation getting into turtles. That's right, that's right. It's always spinning back into style. So very true. Thank you very much for your time, Bob. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks, I sir. wish you a very good day at the at the fair. We we may chat again later to hear how your day went, uh, depending on how busy you get. But thanks again. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. You take care. You too, my friend. Good journey. And I'm here with uh, Sap from the little shop of um, Fox Horrors. Hi, everyone. Hello. How are you going? <laughs> so... So, how's your day been here? It's been really good. Um, there's a really great mix of people that have come through so far, and yeah, it's a really good response. That's great. So, I'm, I'm looking here, obviously we're a podcast and we're not a visual medium, but I'm looking here at, at some incredible creations that, that show a tremendous amount of artistic talent and, and real vision. You know, it's hard for me to, to, to do it justice, but I'm, I'm happy to let Sib talk a little bit about what, what she does and what she has, and... and yeah, take it, take it from me. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, I make altered um, dolls and toys and faux taxidermy with a bit of a creepy flair, I guess you could say. Um, I basically find old toys and creep them up, make them a little bit zombified, make the dolls a little bit scary, make them a bit weird and wonderful. There's certainly some very iconic toys that look like they've met their maker and then returned. I'm looking at, I'm looking at four Teletubbies. Um, I've named them the Teratubbies. <laughs> Teratubbies, I like that. I like that. So, so tell us about the kind of work that goes into something like that. Um, I just buy or get donated old toys and I have a whole cupboard full and when I find the inspiration I'll grab one of them out and paint it or cut it into pieces, join it with other toys and some I'll have sitting there for months and then all of a sudden I'll go, all right, I know what I'm doing with that one now. And they get little outfits or a bit of blood, a bit of gore. So, yeah, it's all, all very different. How long does it take to, to knock something out? Um, if I get an idea straight away, not very long. Um, it's just mainly waiting for paint to dry and glue to set and that sort of thing. But if I have the idea, I want to usually get it done that day. And, and do you mainly sell at fairs or, or do you have a store or...? Um, I mainly do fairs, so I will be probably at the Zombie Walk in Adelaide this year. I do a regular stall at Adelaide Roller Derby at Wayville. And then just, yeah, some more alternative places that come up, such as this. Cool. And and do you have an online store or not yet, or...? I do have a Facebook and an Etsy and an Instagram page. Okay, cool. So where would people find you online if they were wanting to check out some of your creations? Do you have pics online, or...? Um, yeah, I've got everything on my Facebook page that's regularly updated, so it would probably be the easiest in the first place to check out. And then if there's even people that have ideas can contact me via there or email as well. Awesome. So Facebook page is just um, um, Fox Horrors? Yeah, F- that's right. Yeah, F-A-U-X 
horrors and the email is faux.horrors at gmail.com. That is correct. Excellent. That, that is great. Like I said, there's some sensational stuff here and, and you know, just the vision to to have that is, is just so cool. You know, so much creativity and not something that you'd necessarily think of or even think you might you might want that until you see it and then you sort of think, wow, you know, a, a lot's gone into that. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love what I do. And and how are you finding today's response? This is oh, this is your first one. The first one here. Very positive. People have really been getting into it. Kids usually love it as well. Funnily enough, so yeah. that's terrific. That's terrific. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate having you on on the Toy Power podcast. And it's very late. so, how are you finding the Toy Fair, Kelly? Good. You seen much in the way of comics and toys? You have? Yeah. You yeah. Not yet. Not yet? You're still looking around? Yeah. Well, good luck with it, mate. I hope you do really well. That was Callum, Trent's son, just giving us his rundown on the fair. And I'm with Gary of um, Reverie Publications. Hello, how you going? Yeah, Reverie Publications is a uh, unique comic that started in the 80s. And what happened is we put out Reverie through Gordon and Gotch, and we did seven issues. Unfortunately, at the time, Gordon and Gotch was a bit slow with the comeback with how many sold. But we were lucky because we sold, uh, our last issue was seven, issue seven. And we sold uh, well over 8,000 issues. However, with Gordon and Gotch, unfortunately, it took us nearly two years to get that money out of them. So we shut down then. <clears throat> and during that run of the seven issues, when we got to issue five, we realised that the actual cost of printing was that... Um, costly, what we did is we went and bought our own small web offset printer and we got a big truck to bring it into the house swung it on a crane got the chainsaw, cut the side of the house out because it was a weatherboard and just dropped it where it landed and that's where we printed the rest of the issues from. Genius, I love that that spontaneity and that, that sense of you know, do it yourself if, if you, you know, well, there's no better way Yeah, well with comics you, uh, you have to do that and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really unique uh, way of finding how many creative artists, writers that we have in Australia. It is absolutely brilliant. And we're lucky because the, the, um, the issue that we started off again with was through a Kickstarter. And that was called Reverie. And we actually passed. We sold 320 issues. And that's what, sold, uh, that's what basically got us started again. That's fantastic. Just that you know, get up and go nature. Yeah, yeah, no, which was good. And the other thing is also is that we're lucky because we have a number of good writers and a lot of artists behind us. And we've now got about four titles now. And by the end of next year, I reckon we'll have probably about ten, I'm hoping. Including what everybody's waiting for is the new Western comic that comes out soon. Oh, that does sound good. So we're looking forward to that. We've got a superhero one, of course which we weren't sure if we are going to put one out because everybody's doing that. But we put it out anyhow, and we are quite amazed. Uh, that sold quite good. 
there's no better time. I mean, Marvel and DC just on fire at the moment with with the films that are coming out. I reckon why not tap into some of that, you know, that superhero stuff. Yeah, no, and that, and that was a good thing about it. We were very lucky with that. So we put that out, and of course our, our flagship uh, best-selling um, comic now is Toby and the Magic Pencil. You know, we put that out, and we actually just about sold out of it straight away. And what we did is it was such a good comic that we, of course, are going to continue it with all of them. And uh, we're now up to issue two with that one. And we've got uh, three, four, and five in its works. Fantastic. Also, the, uh, the other good thing about it is with the superhero one, which is called Torn. Uh, Torn has, uh, as I said, come out recently. And uh, the good thing about Torn is that with, uh, with the superhero um, popularity at the moment, we've been very lucky. And what we do is we're going to... Everybody keeps asking us to get them out as quick as we can. So what we're doing now is we're readjusting things and now we've got someone just to do the uh, basically the layouts. We've got someone to do the inks. And we've got someone to colour it, etc., etc., and that's going to get it out quick. We're doing about two, three, four, and five uh, issues coming out very soon. Excellent. And where can people find your comic? Uh, they can find it on reveriepublications.com.au. They can find it on the Facebook, uh, which is Reverie Publications as well. They can also find Toby and the Magic Pencil by looking uh, on Facebook as well. And we'll soon we'll have uh, Torn Up on Facebook and also... When the Western comes out in a couple of months' time, you'll be able to find that as well. Sounds good. It sounds like you've got it all happening, which is great. Yeah, no, we have, and we're very lucky because what's happening now is because they're good feel-good comics, good quality comics, what's happening now is we've got people coming up to us and say, can you print ours? And that's why we've got two, um, two good titles now. One's here now, another one's coming out next month that are uh, actually independents and that we're putting out ourselves. Excellent. Yeah, a couple of drawn... You know, just grab my attention. The art looks sensational. Yes, yeah, we're very lucky. All the uh, all the artwork is actually of a good professional standard, and the uh, and it's just improving. So good, so wicked. It's great to hear that there is such a you know grassroots comic scene in in Australia that's you know full of talent. Yeah, no, we're quite happy with it, and we're quite happy with the response that we're getting. Uh, it's, it's something that's really uh, it's actually surprised us. And the good thing about it is this is the first time we're over in Adelaide for a market and we hope to do this uh, at least once a year. Oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. Thank you very much for your time, Gary. really appreciate it. No, you're welcome. Anytime. So here we are at Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair. Once again, I'm with our good friend Sam of Nerds Paradise. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his experience with the day he's been having and how he's finding the new venue at Martin. Uh, first of all, I'll say I'm loving the new venue. Larger space, more vendors. Um, the quality of stock and items is brilliant. I've picked up for myself some horror comics, some really early Marvel stuff, which I love, and also um, a street shark that I was missing from my collection. I got Slamu. So, yeah. Oh, really, really, really nice. I know that's a holy grail line for you, so that's, that's terrific. So overall, um, how are you finding, finding sales at the, at the event today? Uh, for myself, good. Um, I'm selling well. Everyone else seems to be doing quite well as well, which is fantastic. There's a really positive vibe. Uh, everyone's enjoying a lot of the nostalgia of a lot of the figures, either it be retro or new, that are also releasing almost like nostalgia lines. So it's all overall with the, 
the quality of the toys that are here right now seems to be right on the money. It's perfect. So your sense is, much like mine by the sound of things, that people have, have followed the, the um, comic and toy fair to the new venue out of, out of the city into, into Martin, which is true. Definitely. Lots of familiar faces. Um, definitely guys coming back and going, hey, I know you from last time and I bought from you last time and I'd like to buy this from you this time. Like It's, a, it's a really good that people are recognising the people that are selling to them and they almost... They want to also like be a part of the community, which is great. It's no one's shunning each other, none of that sort of stuff. It's a great, great thing. It's a real close knit community in Adelaide. Uh, the the whole comic toy and pop culture thing, which is which is always always nice to see and very embracing of, of people. It's great to see that that's still still happening and at an event like this. Yes, it's great. The, the best thing having toys and comics and video games and all that under one roof too, with such a good atmosphere, is that like us right now we spend half the day actually standing around talking about the stuff that we love it's, it's yeah that's that's the best part so true it's something else to be around as many like-minded people that that love the stuff as much as you do and aren't giving you funny looks wondering why you're buying it but also also just being able to buy it because often we talk about on on our show you know how how retail's changed and how things are not as readily available as they were when we were young so it's great to be able to come to these places where where there is lots to pick from and there is lots of choice and, and you can get the stuff that takes you back to when you were young. Definitely. The the big thing, like you're saying about price, and I know actually on one of the last couple of shows I listened to, you guys were all talking about price, and um, me and a bunch of the other storeholders who all obviously get things from same suppliers, same stuff, there's been a big price hike. Um, and that's but the funny thing is is the retail price has almost stayed the same so the margin that you would make on a toy is actually gone like the the margins are so small now and I think that's a problem here because we're seeing that everyone's starting to try and charge more makes it unaccessible to collectors it's a real snowball it's become effect. a vicious cycle what do you think what do you think has been the trigger point for that I mean we've all heard our theories in that but as someone who actually works in the industry and has seen it firsthand what's actually happening with suppliers what do you think has been the, the tipping point with 2019 um, I don't know I think multiple things one hour of dollar isn't great um, and then I think that because certain businesses have monopolies that's our big problem there's two, like obviously a monopoly for comics and a monopoly for um, a monopoly for the toys almost there's two companies that's it so they own they can do what they want yeah they can and uh, I sort of wondered this before it came in once it was announced whether putting the um, levelling the goods and services tax on all imports would mean that suppliers would then think well you're paying more for it if you import it yourself via eBay so we'll just charge you more as well. Yes straight up yes that's uh, yeah basically what you're seeing so let's just say a $20 figure to order in probably costs $15 minimum to order in. Now you've got to then calculate on top that you've got to order a certain amount and you've also got to calculate postage, freight, all of that. So if you're only making $5 on the thing, you have to sell so many to make up that. Yeah. It doesn't give you much room to breathe at all, does it, when you're talking about that small little markup? And it, we are talking small, you know, a $5 markup um, in that case. You know, um, that, that really doesn't give you much much room to breathe at all no no and that's that's something that i'm hoping we don't know i'm i reckon there'll be a change over one for the better or for the worse we'll see it'll be it'll either have to it'll have to change because people will stop buying perfect example is the turtle two packs yeah the the price for them is too much straight up and i'm someone who wants to get them in and give them to you guys 
but I can't even give them to you at a price that I think is acceptable. Yeah. Because it's just, yeah, it's outlandish. It makes it tough, isn't it? Because, you know, you really looked after us on, on the, um, the four um, seven-inch, you know, individual packs. You know, you really, really looked after us and, and there was very minimal, if any, kind of real markup that's certainly noticeable to the eye. Um, and that, that was, I guess, something we pre-ordered last year but arrived this year. You compare that to the two packs, as you said, and the jump is very noticeable. Yeah, the jump's noticeable. And, and saying that the the, uh, the four, what are the seven inches, the movie ones, they're the best seller for the year. They, they've rocketed. They're the best. They have, they've creamed every other toy this year. If, if, we, if you guys do a vote for the best toy of the year, these guys win because yeah. I reckon nearly every person we know has them or wants them. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. We did a vote last year, and most of us, I reckon, voted last year for the San Diego Comic-Con four-pack, yes, which, yes. Was, which was the same figures, basically, but in, in the VHS-style box. You probably remember them. Yes, yes. Um, I tried to get some, and I missed out. <laughs> I tried to get them. But yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you weren't alone. I'm sure a lot of people missed out. But, but the thing about that is that, I guess, you know, they won last year for us. I think, that, you know, the consensus was that they were, they were the best thing from most, if not all of us, on, on our show. And, you know, they could, because they've been re-released this year in a very different style, be certainly very much in the mix again. Definitely. I'd also say a close... Let's see, close second is all video game toys based on stuff in the, like, 90s. So Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot, um, even the Mortal Kombat figures. All that seems to be really big at the moment. Maybe it's because all us 90s kids finally have money. Maybe we've all finally decided to get jobs. But, <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's a big turning point too. That is interesting. Interesting stuff on, on that because, you know, I think we all remember playing those games and, you know, to see them in toy form now is pretty cool and... You know, I'm I'm just admiring the the Mortal Kombat stuff in the Master the Vintage Master Universe scale at the moment. They look very nice, and even the packaging is sort of that that you know bubble you know on the blister card, very very reminiscent of the the Mattel Vintage Master Universe toy line. You've got a couple of guys from your podcast eyeing off the Mortal Kombat's, I believe. I believe they probably are. They may well be doing their own. Um, Death moves on who gets it. <laughs> yeah, and then the the primal age. Obviously, the the cave is the big thing today. The Bat Cave, which is just like, is it Snake Mountain? Am I getting that right? Remember, yeah. I'm, I'm the worst at remembering. Yeah, Castle Grayskull. It borrows a lot from Castle Grayskull and and from Snake Mountain, I believe. I was actually thinking it would do a very good Beast Island playset um, for anyone who wanted to to mix it in with their Vintage Master Universe toy line. If they wanted a Horde Beast Island playset, it sort of yeah, it looks like a jail. It's sort of got that that look to it that I think it would probably pass quite well. And, and given that it's a a version of the Bat Cave as well, and the Horde with, with the Bat, obviously it's it's not red, but it, it's probably a more cartoon or closer to the cartoon sort of colour scheme yes. of what a Beast Island playset might look like. So I could easily double for that for any any Masters fan that wanted to mix it into that. Yeah, that, exactly. I can it's completely agree with you. The, the beasts also have seen some of the guys do some video reviews. They love them. They're all like they're solid. But the only problem is, is that they they don't have their mouths don't move. Their mouths move. Perfect. Yeah. That Interesting. Was, yeah. They've kept it like Battle Cat and Panther, I guess. Where? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Spot on. They've kept it true. Yeah. So, 
in summing up, apart from the turtles and, and the video game stuff, anything else that's sort of moving well today that's really caught your eye, surprised you perhaps? Um, I'm trying to think what the biggest surprise has been. It would probably be... Oh, actually, I mean, once again, we've sold a few comics in that, but a lot of, like, $2 books. Uh, A lot of little... I've got a lot of little books from random collections that I've bought that have been thrown in, and just... I think people really like to see that $2, $3 item mixed in with something right next to it, which is a giant Thanos statue for, like, $100. Next to it is a $3 Garfield book that they can get a laugh out of. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's something that the next generation of fans can can um, get as well, which is really accessible, and and that that's that's terrific. Yeah, yeah it's very good. Any, um, how's News Paragraphs going? Just before I let you go, yeah, um, overall, Nerds is going really well. The website once again doesn't have much on it. I always pull everything down before I do the show. Then I'll do a big refill of that website very soon. I know I'm pretty slack with that. I tend to sell more from Facebook, so if you want anything pre-orders, especially with turtle-related stuff. Um, any of the statues and things basically if you see it somewhere else shoot me a message I might be able to do a better deal always good to know and you um, you are talking to me before sometimes some of this stuff ends up in in a store yes. around it like which so store is that I often put my toys and statues in Gamma Ray's comics in 1 slash 15 Vaughan Place uh, across from the Elephant Pub and the is it Nova the Palace Nova I believe Palace Nova or, Cinema or Nova yes. Yeah, uh, that's 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 where it's located. A brilliant shop. Uh, the owner Ian lets me put all the toys up there. Great lot of vintage comics. Often key issues on the walls. Uh, always mixing it up with new and old stock. A great place. It's definitely worth visiting if you're in Adelaide. Couldn't agree more. And if you just even if you're just passing through, and and you're absolutely right. Ian, Ian is a terrific terrific guy and always always looks after people as you do. Sam. Thank you very much for sharing your Adelaide comic and Toy Fair experience with Toy Power and our listeners today. We really appreciate it. No problem at all, and thank you for having me again. Always enjoy having a chat with you boys. You're very welcome. You take care, my friend. See you. Thank you. So here I am again walking around the Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair, and I've ran into some old friends of Toy Power. We have Sean Fusley. Hello. Well, at least one old friend. I don't know about this other guy. And we have someone else who often seems to be, I guess, Sean's regular offsider these days. It's more about the fact that can't shake Sean, won't leave me alone, clearly needs to ride coattails as per usual. Ride coattails? I got here a full 10 minutes before you and I turn around in the car park and you're bloody well behind me. Why do you keep doing this? Because I'm trying to avoid you. If I stand behind you, you can't see me. Yeah, but behind the wind's coming from that way means I'm upwind of you and, you know, the stench is just appalling. You've never complained about the stench before. It's a manly stench, this type of stench that Sean likes. Oh, come on. You know, if you guys weren't from the wrestling community, I'm sure I'd say you you talk like an old married couple, but that could get me killed. I've got better taste than that. He says that, yeah, why don't you sign the divorce papers? (laughs) Anyone else have any any words to follow up that, (laughs) that line of wisdom? Well, if you call that wisdom, then I'm really sorry for the future of your podcast, mate. I really enjoyed it while it lasted. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's been good. So we're joined... Well, first of all, it's Darren from Toy Power Podcast. Just in case you hadn't got used to the voice yet, we're joined by our good friend Ben, who has been here all day. Tell us. Tell us what's been happening for Ben. Uh, I, strangely enough, have left with a lighter wallet than when I came in. I mean, I, I don't understand how that happened. Isn't the whole idea of coming to these things that you make money? I, I'm, I'm a bit perplexed. 
Ben's what you call both a trader and a fan slash collector. So, no, so no. it has that. I come here to make sure I can get in before the doors open so I can get all the good deals before the doors open to the public. That's the I only reason I'm here. I think that's what a lot of people in your line of work try and do. That's right. And I wouldn't call it work. I'd call it an illness that needs help. Yeah, but the cure is worse than the illness. That's true. That's quite often the case. Unless, you know, it's one of those bad illnesses, in which case, go for that cure. So true. So Can true. we get onto this? So, so tell us about, about, about the day. The day. I mean, obviously, th- this is the first time that, that we've all been at the Martin, um, that it's all been held at Martin. Yeah. Uh, previously, it was in the Adelaide CBD, and before that, it was out at Greenfield. So, yeah. so how, how do you think the move's gone? Uh, I, I mean, it's huge. It's three and a, uh, two and a half basketball courts as opposed to one, so definitely a uh, large jump. Uh, and I think it's gone rather well. I mean, it wasn't didn't feel congested, whereas the previous places, it felt a bit tight at times. There were times when it definitely did. I'm, I'd like I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts. I've heard other people today, and I have my own, but I'd be interested. Do you think, you know, there was a good flow through? traffic do you think people have found the new home yeah absolutely um i think people have found it and i think there's a lot of room to grow where we are whereas i think cbc it was pretty much maxed out yeah uh, that's my sense too yeah so this this isn't that far from the cbd uh there's plenty of car parks it's a canteen and it's two minutes from my house so i'm all in yeah you are basically you've got you, you can walk if it, if it wasn't for the stock you had yeah well not even that i'm just lazy <laughs> so, so how how have things been generally? Good sales today? Or? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't really because I collect Nintendo stuff primarily. Uh, I only sort of sell when I upgrade a piece. Uh, so I've had that, and then just a couple of bits and bobs that uh, I've had to downsize the collection. But yeah, the sales have gone very well. People have been happy. I've been happy. That's great. That's great. And and how's you, how's your podcast going? Obviously, for people that, that don't know, Ben Risenfall has his own. That's right. I do have a, a podcast called Hack the Dino, and you can find that on hackthedino.com or youtube.com backslash hackthedino, or even on Twitch, where we stream live at twitch.tv backslash hackthedino. That's Hack the Dino. You should probably check it out. Anyway, Hack the Definitely Dino. worth checking out. I highly recommend it. Hack the dino. We like to hack those dinos. But no, it, it's going very well. Uh, we had a three-month period where Dan's internet was down. Uh, so we were not streaming at all. We weren't doing much besides the YouTube, but that's back up now. So now we're streaming live on Fridays, uh, just talking about video game news and uh, just having fun. And you're still hosting it at Greenlight Comics? No, we've actually got a studio now. Um, so we have a studio with a green screen. Uh, so when we talk about a video game, the footage comes up behind us. Uh, so you can actually see what we're talking about. Wow, you guys yeah. have moved on up. It's uh, yeah, Dan's invested a lot of money in that sort of stuff. Uh, as I said, we've got our own little studio now, so it's uh, yeah, we're just trying to step up. Now, I just need to get the eyes on the on the prize. Well, it we have says the prize, and we need your eyes <laughs> on our prize. Yeah. That sounded wrong, or did it? Well, it sounds like you're moving in the right direction. It sounds like it's going gangbusters. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not as popular as uh, the Toy Power podcast yet, but uh, maybe one day we'll be able to uh, scratch that glass ceiling. I'm sure. I'm sure you're you're in a league of your own in terms of the size and scope and and style of audience. Yeah, the little you know, league. We have a crossover. We have a crossover of of people that would be interested in our show and your show yeah, and and obviously some people that would would you know um, gravitate towards 
one more than the other depending on, on what they're on. Absolutely. I mean, um, taste in pop culture is. Yeah, if you've seen the show on youtube.com backslash hack the diner, hack the diner or twitch.tv backslash hack the diner, it's almost like I know how to plug. Uh, we actually get figures and dolls and dress our desk up and put them in various poses. So, for example, I had a Halo figure doing the King of the World riding a Triceratops and Yusagi Yojimbo cuddling him from behind. Just that sort of thing. So one of the reasons I came here today as well was to get some more figures in order to dress up the desk and, you know, just change it around, have a bit of variety. That's great. I, I love that. You know, as someone who obviously, you know, loves toys and then I, I love the idea of just adding a bit of... You're adding some props. Yeah, it's, it's going to... I'm not going to lie, it's an excuse for me to play with the toys because that takes the longest part. We set up all the audio, all the video in about 20 minutes and then it's half an hour of me playing with the toys. You don't need an excuse, Ben, just to own it, my friend. I will own it. I will, Darren. Thank you. Thanks again, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, mate. I hope you have a great Adelaide comic and toy fair. What's left? Yes, the next 20 minutes are going to be amazing. Hopefully as good as, you know, from 9.30. Even better. Yeah, that's true. Have a good one, mate. Thank you, mate. Sitting here chatting at the Adelaide comic and toy fair with Sarah. And Sarah's going to tell us a little bit about about the fair and her role here and and I guess how her morning's been so far. Yeah, certainly. Thank you for chatting with me. Um, Yes, it's been hectic so far. It's been wonderful though. So um, I'm Brett's partner. So this is my fourth fair that I think I've been involved in. And um, each time it keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And Brett is amazing at organising all of the people side of things. And then the community really comes together to organise the logistical side of things. So we've had people coming in and out all, the, all morning. We were here yesterday for about, say, five or six hours setting up. Um, but it's just great. It's all worth it. Once you, people start coming through the door, it's a really great atmosphere. Absolutely. I can remember going, I think, to the first one that um, Brett organised back in... Uh, well, I can't remember when it was, but it was at Greenfields in the, um, I think, the Dutch Club. So, yeah, yeah. so, you know, he's really, you and him have really grown it into something incredible. Definitely, yes. I think that it can't be kind of underestimated, the amount of hours that goes into planning the fair. So, you know, leading up to this day, um, you know, for many, many weeks and even probably up to three months beforehand, Brett's... Um, you know, talking to storeholders, we're, we're making sure we've got tables, insurance, um, all of the necessary things for the day to run smoothly. So a lot of man hours goes into running the fair, definitely. I imagine that I can't begin to imagine. No, yeah. So hey, how are you finding the first one at the, the new venue? Yeah, look, there's a lot more space. I think it's really great um, in terms of people being able to uh, have more room to set up. Customers have got more room to actually get in there and see the stalls. It's a lot bigger venue, obviously, which is um, really helpful. And we've got the ATM on site. We've got the kiosk. There's better parking. We just hope that um, our customers will kind of follow us from the city, obviously, where we've had the last few fares out to this location, which is not that far, you know, eight, eight kilometres um, as the crow flies from the, the CBD. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really loving this new venue. I am too. 
I, I think people will, as long as they know about it, and, and exactly. you and Brett have done a sensational job with the social media side That's of That's right, yeah, promoting it is a really big part. So, um, yeah, social media, we've had some uh, ad posters go up around the city and hopefully in the suburbs as well. Uh, we've paid for that. And um, word of mouth, obviously, is another important one. And uh, I think, yeah, you were here last time, so you promoted us, and that, that always helps, I think. We certainly did. This is, I think, the third one we've been here officially yeah, as podcasters. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, but I generally try and get here to, to every one of them anyway. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, but, yeah, we've now sort of made it a regular thing that yeah. that we try and get here and, and podcast, do some... You know, it captures something quite, I think, quite unique for our show in that we're actually in amongst the community here. Yes. And because yep. obviously we're all fans on our show, but to actually try and create some sort of insight for people who perhaps can't get down or yep. maybe they'll be, if, if they're not from Adelaide, maybe they'll, they'll come over to one of these or if they happen to be in town when, yep. when the next one's on in probably October, I'm guessing. That's which right, is usually yeah. yep. October. Biannual. Um, but yeah, the community is amazing. Like it never, um, you know, I'm not surprised because they, they have been amazing and um, each fair, it, it doesn't change. But people are just willing to, to help. Everyone's so friendly. They treat it as an opportunity to catch up with each other and catch up on the, um, you know, the gossip and, and see what, what new toys and what new comics everyone's got. So... Absolutely, and, and I think that that's half of it. We, you know, we talk about you know latest scores and you know what, what we get from the event, and obviously that's a big part of it. But there is a real community event, and particularly in a, in a city like Adelaide, yeah. where a lot of people in this scene know everybody, it becomes part of your 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 social calendar. It's not just about so, getting the toys; it's about seeing yeah. your friends, hearing hearing what people have been up to and what the latest is, and also just just being amongst like-minded people is always great. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, it's a fun day. Um, and we, yeah, we love to be a part of it. We're always kind of on the actual day where, you know, Brett's still pricing comics and he's rushing around. And But we do try and take time to go and um, say hello to everyone and see what they're selling. So... Yeah, no, I think you and Brett do a masterful job of that. I mean, Brett often comes up and sees how we're going and... He, you sort of get a sense because he's seen sort of doing that with everyone here yeah. but you know he tries to make himself available and yeah. make sure everything's tracking as it should be definitely definitely <laughs> so you talked before about you know it's often starting about three months before the event yeah. so so how, how would how would it sort of kick off is it mainly just sort of you know, checking in to see who wants to table next time around or... Yeah, definitely. So we always go back um, to our, um, I guess, customer base that we have that, you know, keep on coming back every fair. Then we always get some new new people coming along. And again, that's combination of word of mouth um, and the, you know, publicising it through social media. Um, Brett spends... Yeah, pretty much every break and every lunchtime at work and then every evening for a very long time um, doing all the things he needs to do. So because especially with new people, there's a lot of questions about how things work and um, a lot of planning goes into the, you know, setting setting up the floor plan, etc. So, you know, we just, we want to grow it, but we also want to keep that community feel. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of a, um, yeah, you have to strike a good balance I think you're doing a good job. I mean, looking at it today, obviously it's bigger than, than all the others that I've been to. Yeah. 
there's some new traders here and, and some people I've seen from other fairs that, that are from interstate that have come over. I think that's usually a pretty good sign that you're making making your mark and hitting your stride that, that people will, will travel to set up and, yes, and be a part of it. And, and that just makes for a richer experience for people that are, that are coming along as well because it just means there's more to see, yeah. know, often more to buy, yeah. and and it just keeps it exciting, yeah. fresh. Yeah, definitely. And we've got a couple of new things this year. So we've got um, uh, the Quidditch Club, and they're actually doing demonstrations here, which is like a cool thing that I haven't had a chance to go and see them yet, but it's just in, you know an interesting thing, and it's because we've got that extra space here at this new venue that we can have those types of things. Um, and, you know, in the future, we'd be hoping to get even an area for people to play some board games, um, get some more clubs interested in coming along and doing some more demo. That sounds outstanding, yeah. just reaching out into the community more That's and right. more. Giving people some more options, um, especially for bringing their kids down. The, the kids have a lot of activities to do, and, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, there seems to be real diversity this year. Some of these events, you know, you get people of our, our age, our generation, that they grew up with this stuff and, and can't and won't let go, which is great. But it's, but what keeps this stuff alive is when you see the new generation take to it. That's the future for, you know, for all, all those franchises we, we love so dearly. So it's great to see so many people passing it on to their children. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's all about the next generation. Because um, <laughs> there's so many, there's, uh, you know, we have a lot of, I guess, older older toys in terms of like dino riders and things like that and the Silver Age comics that, you know, appeal to maybe a, um, a certain demographic, but we're all... Certainly, there's yeah. quite a bit of Masters of the Universe as well That's here right, for yeah. people and, and Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, which of yes. course is evergreen and, yep. you know, is, you know, passed to gener- you know, from generation to generation numerous times, but you're right... There's a good cross-section of stock this time as well. I mean, not that there hasn't been before, but you've got more room to showcase more stalls, and that means more diversity. I agree. And, you know, the the pop vinyls are obviously always really popular, and we've got some more sellers um, this time around selling those. A lot of the, you know, the movies that have been out recently, um, you know, Marvel, um, the, the Deadpool movies, a lot of those comics and trades are becoming more popular, so it's great that we've got a lot of that here for people. Definitely. I mean, it's always been the dream for you know all, all the DC and Marvel films that will bring people back to reading comics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it reinvigorates things, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. It has the potential to. And you know, I can remember when Tim Burton's first Batman movie came out 30 years ago. That got me reading comics. And, yeah. And that so you, you see a film that has an impact on you, yeah. and it does make a difference, and it does get you, you know, thinking about the source material and that so yeah. I think you know of all the Marvel and all the DC films and Star Wars films and the time is right for an event like this to, to keep growing I agree yeah there's always got to be some little catalyst that sparks your interest in things um, because I have to admit before I, I met Brett I wasn't a huge fan of um, graphic novels but now I'm right into it <laughs> which is really great he's set you on the right course he by has. the sound of things he been a indeed. very positive very steady influence which yeah. is terrific yeah <laughs> it's not good for the, the hip pocket with the cash, but no, it's um it's always great to have a new interest and a new hobby. Absolutely, yeah. and there are worse addictions um, that you could be spending your money on. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Fantastic, Sarah. Is there anything you'd like to talk about uh, that we haven't already discussed? Uh, no, no, I think I think that, that about covers it. Um, 
you know, it's still really early in the day, so there's so much ahead of us that we've got to um, look forward to in terms of, you know, going around and seeing what everyone else is up to. Um, but, yeah, I just thank you very much for having a talk to me. It was great. You're very welcome, and we might check in with Ivy Software Bread a bit later just just to sort of see how the day went. Yeah. Just to sure. get a bit of a flavour, because, as you said, it is early. But, yeah, I've got a really good feeling. I, I went out outside briefly earlier, and I could see there was still loads of people yeah. coming in and it had been open for quite a while when, when that was happening so I have a you know I'm, I'm quite optimistic that, that people are still still flowing in. Yes and that that's fantastic I mean I do sometimes I don't get away from the stall a lot so I don't realise how many people are actually here and, um, and waiting outside to come in so that's really good to hear that there's still a steady stream of people. <laughs> I think it is and may you grow for many 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 years to come. Uh, thank you, thank you again, Sarah. And if, if we don't get to catch up, if things get too hectic for you, I totally understand. We'll definitely see you in October. All right. Yes, it's a date. You take care. You take care too. Thank you. Hello, this is Trent from Toy Power, and we're here at the Adelaide Comic and Toy Swap Meet, as Darren probably has told you already. Absolutely great day. You've probably heard about the bigger venue. It has been superb. Very hot in here, and it's not a really hot day in Australia. Um, wonderful day. And quite often I do like to pick up lots, and that's certainly what I did today with a lot of Centurions action figures. So Dan McCarthy helped me out with that one. Very, very happy with that. Uh, A couple of doubles to display some of the accessories. Uh, So I can't wait to get home and unpack those boxes and check out all the contents in there. It's pretty much a a complete collection by the looks of it. There's most of the stuff in there. So very happy with that 80 score. Also, I've been looking for... 3030 for some time now, probably a couple of years, and I finally landed a 3030. Not complete, possibly some of the other bits are floating around in one of Dan's boxes, but very happy to get my hands on him because um, he has eluded me for some time. Also, rounding out some 90s lines, I picked up the Goslin from Darkwing Duck. Now, how many figures have an action feature where their ponytails waggle up and down? Uh, not very many, so very, very cool when you take a comic uh, cartoon series and insert an action feature. Um, The creativity of some of the things there, Playmates, is second to none. Um, Caught up with Reese as well. Reese, funnily enough, Reese was one of the first people that came up to us and actually recognised us from the podcast and introduced himself at the Wavell Toy Show a couple of years ago. Um, He was here, and I managed to pick up the Kenner Batmobile um, from... Uh, I think it's a Batman Returns line, but it's the one before the one that splits into the Bat Missile. Um, pretty cool, missing one of the Bat Fins, but the main reason I needed to get this was the, the missile at the front. I am missing from my camo version of the Batmobile. So it is the same on both Batmobiles. Uh, so that one will go in very nicely to complete that. A couple of other things. Uh, Sean Fuster, big shout out to Sean, did pick up for me, uh, on consignment really, a vintage Thundercat Sword of Omens. Uh, not sure if it works. I will get home and chuck some batteries in that and see if I can get that to light up. But, look, it's not in bad condition considering the age of this. 1984 it is. Um, and it is LJN Toys that did this particular sword. So very cool. Very nice size. I mean, this if you were a kid and you had a sword this size, uh, that would have been some great role-playing back in the day. So thanks, Sean, for that. bit of other Thundercats was the um, Snowman of Hook Mountain. Uh, did pick that one up as well. Very, very nicely sculpted figure. He's got a lot of fur accessories um, on him. He comes with the helmet, uh, which looks very nice. Got the shield as well. 
And the last thing I picked up was from Galoob 1995, one of the Galoob snow speeders from uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's got uh, the two little riders, um, Luke and Dak, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's a very, very nice, complete um, snow speeder. So very, very happy. Also had a stall here today. And it's always interesting to know what people are interested, what people are after. And really for me, I, I did bring along some of the Super 7 figures, the vintage filmation figures on the red rock burst blister cards, brought them along and they went, they were quite popular. Funnily enough, the thing that sat on my table and was looked at the most was a Chinese repro knockoff of Grimlock in the G1 style packaging. Immaculate, very nice, was only asking cost for it, $50 Australian. Um, But the amount of people that picked that up and looked at it and turned it around and I'd always say, look, it's a knockoff. It's not not the actual version, obviously, for $50. Um, And then eventually someone pointed out to me that it said something like Autobot Demander on the front. So that was obviously how they'd gotten around the copyright infringements by changing the the D on Commander. Um, That one got a lot of interest. Also helping out Dan McCarthy with a few things. I had a bit of room on my table, and so he came around with a few of his Hot Toys items. I've had a few Hot Toys sitting there. I've had a few Lego sets. The Lego sets in the superheroes lines have moved very well. Uh, They've been very, very popular, and some of the, the Hot Toy stuff as well. Also got a fair bit of Masters of the Universe classics on display. That hasn't been super popular, um, but some of the key characters have. In fact, uh, Sean Fuster picked up the Standor, which was the commemorative figure based on Stan Lee. Sean is a huge Stan Lee fan, um, and he even had the great opportunity to interview him once, uh, which was sensational. So Sean picked that one up, and a few of the other Filmation figures were picked up, some of the original Mattel stuff, which is now getting rarer and rarer and harder to find. Uh, The day itself has been wonderful. So many good friends coming up and saying hello. So many great chats, meeting new people, um, handing out toy power brochures to anyone that showed an interest in some of the product. Uh, We really kind of pimped out our uh, interview with Brian Flynn saying, you know, if you're interested in Masters and you want to know where this line's heading, go back and check that one out. So a lot of fun to talk toys and talk the podcast with everyone here. That's about it for me. So thanks, guys, for listening in. We'll be back to our regular scheduling for our next episode. And uh, then we're going to get into some Infinity War, uh, some Captain Marvel toy uh, movie reviews as well as the toys as that starts to gear up and is getting very, very exciting indeed. Um, Had had a number of trailers drop. Obviously, we've just had Star Wars Celebration and the trailer for Episode 9 has been revealed big call outs there quickly is just around the name so we didn't know the name before that now it is called and confirmed the rise of skywalker and the cackle the emperor cackle at the end of that trailer um ian mcdimmer did appear back on the convention stage briefly uh in the emperor voice said roll it again and then they played the trailer once more so really cool stuff coming out of of star wars celebration hopefully jj abrahams i know he was sort of given a uh, what some in the industry call the shit sandwich um, yeah, has to probably deal with an episode 8 that wasn't in line with his original vision um, but interesting to see where he's going to try and bring that back to and how he rewrites the, the story um, based on what Ryan Johnson did with, with episode 8 which I guess reading between the lines was perhaps quite a big departure from what JJ had originally outlined in his script. Anyway that's it from me, I'll hand over to Ben and Frank now and we'll see you around the toy aisles. 
G'day everybody, this is Ben from now from Toy Power. Trent's finally handed me the mic. And I have gone a little bit bonkers today. I've dipped my toe in something that I always swore I would never go near, but the price uh, that, you know, was, you know, reflective of it. I have picked myself up a T-Rex uh, Dino Riders uh, toy. Um, originally priced 250 and uh, I sort of ummed and about it. And uh, this is from Brett, the host of this show. And he knocked. He ended up knocking a hundred dollars off it. Uh, by the time I can, tried to walk away several times, and I got it for one fifty. Unfortunately, it's not complete, uh, but it's probably eighty percent complete. And um, I am, yeah, going to try and complete it. We'll see how we go. All right. Now I did a lot of purchasing before the show ends. That's sort of my. Uh, you know, avenue to uh, not only sell but to get a cherry pick of the show. So I picked up some uh, knockoff Meteorb eggs uh, from Osti from King Kaiju Collectibles, which is awesome. I had to dig through Frank's tubs that he hasn't opened for a few years, and I found some Masters of the Universe Ninja Turtles weapons and accessories, which I grabbed. Um, from um, Max Tibby, from, uh, associated with the uh, Transformers Collectors Club Australia, picked up some Microbots G1, uh, picked up, I don't know, about, about a bag of eight or ten or so, uh, a lot of which I had as a kid, so that was just awesome. I've got my fair share of knockoff Masters vintage uh, figures today. I've got like a, uh, what do you call them, a... A Viking looking character and two snakes and there's one of the snakes um, from the uh, from this particular one looks so awesome I'll have to throw some photos up online to show it because I am just uh, immensely proud of this find he looks like no other knockoff figure that I've ever seen before I got um, the uh, vi lead villain from uh, Street Sharks uh, the little red sort of alien looking character so that was just awesome for five dollars couldn't pass that got a mouser vintage mouser so that's you know the sort of the same scale as the turtles got my little brother a, uh, a crash dummies toy a car that splits in half some micro machines uh, lord zed from power rangers i got myself a fright zone tree that's the third fright zone tree i've had in my collection and finally i found one none of the birds are broken none of the branches are broken finally i've got one intact uh, got some Beast Saga, uh, a, the turtle from uh, Osti as well. And and um, sort of, you know, me being me, I was having to peruse around just before the show opened and I picked up a, a bag, chock-a-block full of G1 Transformers for $15. And included in that bag is uh, Metroplex Optimus Prime, one of the Predacons, uh, and a knockoff, what looks like a knockoff uh, laser beak, which is just fantastic. $15, I couldn't... Uh, throw my money at her fast enough and also picked up Titan's Return uh, uh, it's Quake uh, which is uh, brand new, the new um, series uh, for $10 mint in, on card so that's pretty cool and um, my uh, wife was here painting, uh, face painting so she uh, did some face painting and such and she picked up a goose uh, from Captain Marvel for my two girls so that's a pop vinyl figure and it's got the tentacles coming out of the mouth uh, sorry spoiler alert for that um been good sales wise and things moved some product that i've had uh, on my shelf for a little while and um i also yeah it's been a really good day and uh hopefully i've paid for what i've bought and i've still can take home some money in the wallet this is ben from toy power signing off i'll pass it over to frank hey guys this is frank from toy power here just um providing my little uh, two cents on the day. Look, it has been a massive, massive day. This place is three times the size 
of the other one uh, in previous years and just been huge. Uh, lots of space around for people to, to mingle and check out all the tables and stuff. Insanity, absolutely insane. I'll be honest, I haven't gotten out from my table an awful lot. Um, I've sort of been selling a lot. My wallet was at the point of uh, no return. Um, my wife is very excited about that. Whether how much of that money she sees is another matter entirely. Um, so yeah, I've been selling all my transformers as I talked about on the show. Essentially, uh, you know, culling the uh, the Autobots and from the last sort of fifteen years or so. I actually had a bit, fair bit of interest in the Bionicles, which is uh, something that surprised me. I sort of bought them at the last minute when I was going through the shed and pulled them out, and they've been quite popular. So, look, as for what I picked up, first thing straight out the gate uh, from our old mate Reese uh, Collins, actually. He had a uh, Supergirl, a Bruce Timm-style Supergirl, probably about 10, 11 inches tall, still in the box, 25 bucks. Bang, I need it. Thank you very much. Um, Absolutely gorgeous. So Bruce Tim style. So it's got the, the white uh, sort of T-shirt with the S on it. And, oh, dude, thank you so much. Just been handed a frozen Coke, which has been amazing. Oh, one thing I will say is because there's been so many people here, it's been bloody, bloody hot in here. So, yeah, um, unreal. So uh, a couple of other scores. I got a uh, some Marvel Legends, a large Fighting Gear Ninja Turtles. Uh, and a couple of uh, Legends bits and pieces that Ben helped me out with. I'll go through all that in more detail when we wrap up the uh, in our wrap-up sort of episode when we record a bit later. Um, but, yeah, it's been an absolutely killer day. Well done to, uh, to Brett and the team for putting this together. Wonderful venue. And, uh, yeah, it's been good stuff. This is Frank uh, signing out. So is Darren again back at the Toy Fair... Well, yeah, the Adelaide comic and toy fair so just looking as we're getting closer to the end of the day as to what kind of day it's been it's been a fantastic day at um, the fair we've been really 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 fortunate the weather's been great the atmosphere and the vibe of the new venue has been awesome obviously that's meant that the event's been able to grow and that more and more people have been able to set up stalls and there's been so many good things to look at and see and and also a lot to buy. It's also been great catching up with, with people that we know from the South Australian toy community and toy collecting community and a few people that we don't, people like Reese, uh, one of Toy Power Podcast's listeners who has travelled all the way from stall in Victoria to, to have a stall here. So... It's been been great to see see Reese here again. We saw him last time at the Wayville Toy Fair in June, late last year. So it's been great to catch up with him. He's actually been so busy today that he hasn't been available to, to speak on the podcast. But we hope to to maybe you know find a time sometime down the track from David Chat. As I mentioned before, we were hoping to catch up with some of the other people that we spoke to earlier today to see how things went later in the day. But that things have been so busy and, and they've been so busy that that hasn't really, really been possible. So we hope that's a good sign that everyone's had a good day, sold lots of stuff, and and people have come along and enjoyed enjoyed their day. Just want to want to thank Sarah and Brett for putting on such an awesome awesome day and for so painstakingly going to the effort of making it what it is. Obviously, it's a new venue and there's always risks when people start 
moving things around or taking things out and it's not in, in the city location anymore, but it doesn't seem to have hurt attendance too much. It seems like we've had a very good attendance all day, which has been sensational. Also, I've had a pretty good run myself. I picked up a, a few things and I'm, I'm pretty happy to, to talk about. I managed to grab some Black Series stuff and a Master Universe Classics item that I was sort of on the hunt for and a couple of other things. So yeah, it's been been a great been a great day for me. And and Reese also uh, very generously gave gave me something that I thought I might give him a shout out for in a future episode. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this and I hope that we've conveyed some of the excitement that we've had at Martin at this Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair and hope to see those of you that are in the region of Adelaide at the next one which is likely going to be in October anyway until next time good journey you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah.